All right. Uh, hello, everyone. Um, to another episode of Unverified Accounts, the Plan A podcast series where we talk about specific movies, books, um, you know, any piece of media. Uh, I'm your host, Adam uh, Goodman, for today. And uh, I'm here with uh, two familiar your uh, people, uh, Chris and uh, John. Yo. Hey, good to be here. Awesome. And um, I'm actually, this is, um, this episode is going to be uh, a, talking about a movie that just came out from one of, I, I guess, one of the leading uh, Asian American filmmakers, um, Justin Chan. And the movie is Blue Bayou. And um, this is a movie that's particularly close to my heart. Uh, because it has to do with um, Korean adoptees uh, and the issue of uh, adoptee citizenship, which I guess, you know, if, if, you know, for some of the listeners out there, um, we've done many episodes about this issue over the years. Uh, so, this, this movie is very personal uh, and it, it was one that was actually pretty highly anticipated, I think, within the adoptee community and, and myself. Uh, and so I was excited when Chris asked me if um, you know we'd like to do an episode on it. So um, yeah, so so John and I, uh, this is John Bai. Uh, he was last on last seen in our cultural appropriation uh, podcast we did with Teen. So for our listeners, I mean John's a you know fairly frequent guest. So good to see him again. Yeah, John and I we went to see uh, this movie together, and yeah, when it when we came out, I was like, you know what this. I think this movie is worth, worth talking about. Uh, so yeah, I texted you, Adam, like right That's after. That's right. Yeah, literally. Theater. Yeah, always happy to support uh, Asian American media in whatever form it is. I think this one is an interesting one, particularly because uh, Chris and I were talking about it afterwards. I don't think it necessarily leans into the tropey side of Asian American media. Um, I think definitely worth discussing in terms of. Uh, general film quality, but also I think there's some controversy that we are all generally aware of. Um, and I think it's also the type of thing that Adam, I think you'd be able to speak a lot more towards than someone like me or Chris. Yeah. And, and you know, let's just get into it. So um, I think what we wanted to do in the beginning was like you alluded to, John, that um, let's just talk about our thoughts on the movie um, itself um, as a piece of film and as a piece of art. Uh, and, um, yeah, you know, I think Chris, do, do you want to maybe do like a, a quick synopsis of the general points and then maybe each of us will go through and give our general opinion, or, or, our feelings on it? Sure. Uh, but the listener just want to warn you that, uh, in the later parts of this podcast, we'll talk about things that aren't necessarily, that don't have a lot of spoilers in them, but this first third, we will go very in depth into the mm -hmm. movie. If you want to watch this movie and then listen to this, or maybe you just want to listen to the other parts or whatever. Let's give you a little warning. Spoilers. Uh, if you want to skip them, please go to the point. 38 minutes and 25 seconds. Uh, so yeah, uh, so this movie is set in Louisiana. It is, the main character is Antonio LeBlanc, who's played by Justin Chan. He is a Korean adoptee, uh, but he um, doesn't have a very happy adoption story. He He's now married. Uh, newly married uh, to a woman played by Alicia Vikander. Uh, uh, her name's Kathy, I think. And she has a son from a previous marriage. 
who, daughter. Oh, no, da- daughter. Uh, and he, yeah, he like is raising her as as his own child. He's like sporadically employed. He has a criminal record, and uh, things kind of start going to shit when he he some some you know just motherfucker of a cop gets a grudge against him and kind of finds out that he's uh he doesn't have the proper documentation his parents never filled out the the proper documentation um adam you, you can speak more to that a bit later and then uh the the drama of the movie is him trying to find a way to stay in the country but a lot of things are working against him because you know, his criminal record he's not you know he's not like some on the surface, some upstanding citizen. He like kind of waited too long, uh, in, you know, in the eyes of the law. So that that's the main thrust of the drama. And you know, he has a lot of like secrets from his past that his wife is only now finding out because he didn't want to tell her because they were very painful secrets. You know, having yeah. to do with yeah his his uh, adopted parents and stuff. So that really puts a strain on their marriage. And his daughter is, is just used to um, you know whether her dad or or maybe other men that her mom is dated you know these father figures just kind of ghost her and so she's just very kind of i mean she really likes antonio but she also kind of keeps telling him like oh you know you might leave any day and you know he's reassuring her no i'm here forever but then this is like tearing him away from her so that's as another like point of just you know like drama yeah um that's a good yeah i think that's a good synopsis or uh, as general a synopsis as we can give without giving away too many of the specific plot points. Um, just yeah. So why don't we say like what? Just like a very quick like whether we liked the movie, whether we didn't like it, whatever. So Adam, why don't sure. we start with you? What were your quick impressions of this um, movie? I I liked the movie. I think it's uh, well shot, um, well paced. Uh, I never I. Something I do for most of the, you know, most movies I watch is try to figure out whether I'm like sort of anticipating the end of it. Like I sort of want it to end. Um, oh, like you're checking your watch. Yeah. Like, am I, yeah. am I sort of checking in and like, yeah, am I like sort of just waiting for it to be over? Or am I, am I sort of like, yeah. And I never felt that way uh, with this movie. I sort of, I wanted to know what was going to happen. I want, you know, for, for various reasons both because I was sort of invested in the story and the characters, but also, um, you know, I was interested in, in what Justin was going to do, uh, you know, with, with the story, with the movie. So I was always anticipating, but I wasn't sort of like waiting for it to end. So th- that was good because for most movies, honestly, I'm sort of waiting for it to end because I'm like, this is boring. <laughs> um, but um, I very much, it, it's funny to say I enjoyed it because it, it is such a, I think, heavy movie um it, it's uh you know it's very it's a it's it's serious you know and this is a uh, an issue that i've you know i've been sort of ad, i've been an activist for um you know i know a lot, i know a lot of people in the real world um who are fighting to make you know for for legislation to try to make sure that people don't need to be you know to will never face deportation um because of this issue so um it you know it's a very real issue for me but you know I think I enjoyed the movie. Um it's not perfect but um you know Justin's a very skilled uh filmmaker. Um I think he it, it was very beautifully shot. 
Um, it was it was very well acted. Um, I think the main characters, um, you know, Antonio, Kathy, who's the Alicia Vikander's character. Um, I think um, Jesse, um, the daughter, she was very good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she was she amazing. Was, she was very good. Um, I think, and, and I think the you know Justin and, and uh, you know San Antonio and and her interaction as characters was incredibly believable. Um, I, you know, I, I thought Alicia Vikander was probably the best actor in the film. Um, this was very strong work um, that she did. Um, I think it was beautifully shot. Like the cinematography was very good. Uh, yeah, it's a very kind of grainy, filmy look. Yeah, and I, which yeah. is probably a product of its low budget as well. But I, I really like that look. Yeah, you know, these aren't supposed to be glamorous, right? People. But yeah. there was still some glamour. I, I, I don't know. I, there was um still a lot of um joy. Yeah, I, I right? know what you mean. Like, it was uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um and you know, and I, I did notice like certain shots of the film. Uh, there were like. It was, it was, I'm sure it was shot digitally uh, and I'm certain it was probably, you know, it was not shot in actual like, you know, film stock, but, um, they did some effect where like the bottom of the screen at at times and maybe other edges of the picture as well, uh, had like imperfections in the picture. Like it was like a crinkle. Oh, really? Yeah. And maybe, and I noticed that I'm like, wait a minute, is like something wrong with my, my, um, with my uh, a TV because I watched it on, uh, on Vudu, the you know the the video on demand service, and um, I was like, no, 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 because you know it switched to another shot and it was gone. I'm like, oh, they did that on purpose. Um, so I thought that was that was nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, I it, it, I liked the movie overall, but I I did think that there were some. It's funny, John, that you mentioned that it, he didn't lean into like the, I guess the Asian American tropes. But there were definitely beats, story beats that I could anticipate, um, which didn't necessarily yeah. take away from their emotional resonance. Resonance, but I, you know, I was like, okay, he's going to do this now, or most likely he's going to do that now, uh, and uh, I wasn't often wrong. <laughs> so that did yeah. take away. We get, yeah, we can get more into that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, John, I, I want to hear what you thought. Yeah, I think um, yeah, definitely worth leaning into the the, the topic of how universally it's relatable as an asian american viewer um i think generally i agree the the film was successful in pretty much every aspect that it probably set out to to accomplish um a lot of emotional beats i definitely you know there's that one very um uh built up to scene um that is even hinted at in the trailer and i think uh when watching the trailer i, I initially thought that it would be as straightforward as, as it was portrayed in the trailer, but I was pleasantly surprised at how much more depth it brought into it. Um, there's additional characters, additional character interactions. I think, especially with the Vietnamese character, yeah. um, there there was a lot more um, emotional resonance that they were able to establish um, due to some like I would call side plot threads, but still very relevant to the main story. Um, generally, very beautifully shot. Um, and I think I, I looked into some of the reviews afterwards, just curious about how, you know, mainstream critics felt about it. They, the, the general critique was that a little bit too sickly dramatic or, or you know, just generally kind of leaning too heavily into the drama, which I don't disagree with. Um, however, I think with, a, with making a topic like this accessible, it benefited the film to do right. so. Right. 
um, you know, as speaking for someone that can't relate to it on the level that you can, um, I think it was more powerful for it. But I'm curious if, if you felt the same way or whether in your perspective, it was too much, too much drama, too much um, well, emotional. Well, yeah, let's let's get into that um, after uh, Chris gives his opinion. Yeah, yeah but yep, yeah, yep. no, it's... Well, I'll, just, I'll just quickly give my opinion. It exceeded my expectations. I, I saw, it got mostly good reviews, but there were, it wasn't like some universally praised movie. I mean, I Gook got like almost universal praise, so I... Watch this. Uh, I don't know if I'd rank this above Gook. Like, the thing I didn't like about Gook was the overly melodramatic ending, which this one almost went into, I thought, at the end, but it pulled out just in time. <laughs> I think that's kind of... I, I haven't seen Miss Purple, but I, I have a feeling this is kind of like something Justin Chan has to kind of work out of his system. Right. And just, like, learn to trust his own narratives and just be like, you don't have to, like, put a last-minute death or anything. Like, we, we already like your story. We don't... You know, we're already invested. But... I, I really liked it. Um, I think, Adam, when you said it's not like a, you know, you said it, it feels weird saying you enjoyed it because it's not exactly like a fun movie. But I think the reason I did like it so much is that maybe like the first third, especially when he's interacting with his mm -hmm. daughter, that is fun. Yeah. They, they're they yeah. really good together. Yeah. yeah. And it's something I noticed with Gook. Uh, Justin Chan, I think, has a gift with working with child actors. He gets the best out of them. Um, I think these aren't established child actors. They're probably might be their first movie and everything, but they just seem so natural. And it actually kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, the Florida Project. I mean, because they're both set in the Deep South, they have like these child, important child characters. Uh, and it's about basically people just barely getting by. Uh, and I think it's kind of shot in a similar way. But this actually raises, uh, and I talked with the John over drinks after we watched it, but it actually raises questions of, well, you know, who gets to tell these stories? But we'll save that for the last third. Uh, let, let's, let's, do, uh, let's delve more into the movie first. Sure, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, it, it does make me happy that people, that, you know, that, that the two of you, and I think that in general it was well-reviewed, um, in, in a way... Uh, I, I, it's feels weird sort of getting satisfaction that people are enjoying it, but, um, because it's so, sort of, it's about adoption. Um, it's about someone that's portraying maybe, you know, an amalgam of, of people that I, I might know or know of, or have heard about, or, or even talk to. Um, and, you know, for, for all of it's just, it's dramatized, right. And fictional, um, it it it's a believable character. Um, the the circumstances in is completely, you know, it's reality. You know, it, there are people in very similar circumstances. Um, so you know, I'm glad people are are are. I'm glad that 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 it's out there. Um, in this sort of format, in a movie format, so that um, people can be be aware of it. And and relate to it, uh, and you, John, you you asked you asked me, you know you it you asked the question you know did did I it was about how, like the dramatic beats like did I think it was too dramatic or did I like those was that the question? Yeah, basically, I think I think it probably makes it more resonant for people that it that can't relate to the the core topic at hand, right? But that's just my take as yeah, who, I mean, who felt that way about the movie overall. I do think, and I think Chris, you make a good point that I think sometimes Justin feels like he needs to add sort of these really 
shocking or or uh, I don't know, maybe exciting elements to to his movies um, or these twists. Um, and so I didn't I didn't love the fact that uh, that you know just uh, uh, Antonio sort of commits another crime, you know, and um, there's a you know that dramatic sequence, you know, where 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 they break into the motorcycle place and because that was sort of the crime that was on his record before and that's why he's a a felon well it made sense that he would have to resort to crime it did it was a it did like veer into kind of like action movie territory for for a hot second where oh wow he's making a getaway on a on like a one of those like super bikes right but then it, it, it just didn't that was it uh you know he got away with it and we never saw it again yeah i think that raised some stakes in the form of like physical tension when you're it was it was kind of at the the middle of the of the movie where right. it's approaching its emotional climax as far as the story goes right like i think the emotional climax hinges upon the actual court case itself right um but there's a lot of build-up to it that you still need to account for you know an audience member perhaps getting physically bored with what's going on yeah that, so for me right. actually i was like a little bit of heart pounding in that moment which which worked for me yeah no i, I get that uh, but I, I feel like as I was trying to think like, you know, of the stories that I knew from reality, I was like, oh, would they would they do that? I mean, I guess maybe it's possible, like, right? Because, you know, he doesn't have the money. He's trying to, you know, pay the lawyer the five grand retainer or whatever, right? Um, where else is he going to get it? Uh, he doesn't he doesn't want to ask his wife to, to ask, you know, his mother-in-law. Um you know, he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to go begging to you know his his um his adoptive family, or which we learn later is not really his first adoptive family. I mean, he we learn a lot of details, and it's a really horrible, horrible situation that he that happened to him. Uh, yeah. But uh, let me ask you guys, what do you think of Parker? She is the the Vietnamese American woman who uh, whom he meets in the hospital. And she, they, they become friends, and he gets to know her yeah. and her family more, and you know, culminates in her uh, inviting him and his family to was it her her dad's birthday? I don't know some some big party. She was she was uh, having a get together. I don't know. Yeah, their monthly. Yeah, was, their I monthly. think family oh, right, monthly right, right. thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, initially, I didn't like I, her, um, but I think I ended up liking like her. Why, why didn't you like her? I thought she was sort of like it was weirdly inserted, um, but I think. As I think back on it, you know, as an adoptee, you know, we sometimes just have these sort of random entrees into, uh, you know, Asian culture um, through other Asian Americans um, that, you know, either maybe they happen in college or later in life, but they don't happen through our own families, right? I mean, <laughs> we're not in Asian families. So, it it seemed a little abrupt, but then I thought back to sort of my life and i'm like i guess it was sort of abrupt and just some you know the random kindness of strangers that become friends so you know and and you know her being sick was very dramatic but it's a movie um 
Well, I think it explained yeah. why she suddenly took an interest. Yeah, in possibly. Because she possibly because you know, like before yeah. I found that out, I'm like, why is, is she? Like, I was like praying that he wouldn't have an affair with yeah. me. Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh God, please God don't. Let him like reconnecting with right, his Asian this way. Cheating you know, on his like, wife. Oh, please God, yeah. no. Yeah, yeah. That would be so so I, not good. But <laughs> Adam, I think I agree with your point. Um, I definitely felt like the character was an insert, but I think it was a successful insert. Yeah, no, it ended up being very successful. A, yeah. Right. As like a as a narrative tool, she she kind of played the role of both bridging the gap between his lack of connection to his culture, right. you know, by virtue of him being thrust into a Vietnamese cookout. Um and also, I think it put into perspective the struggle that he was going right. into. Right. And um in his case, he's in danger of deportation. In her case, she's about to right, die. Right. And 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 the whole sort of like storyline or the with with her dad and sort of you know the whole thing where he said he like split up the family and and like his family's going to be split up you know different circumstances but the same result uh and um you know no one dying but it's like they're so far apart that they might as well be sort of dead and um you know at, Actually, so I just, it's i just yeah. realized uh i mean i think that adam just talked about with his dad uh, parker's dad splitting them up well what that means is when they were immigrating from vietnam yeah. and by immigrating they were, i think they were yeah. refugees so they were escaping they weren't like yeah. boarding a plane nice no, no. and orderly and then her dad split up her family uh so that you know it, it's a dangerous trip so it's like trying to spread out uh, not put all you're not putting uh, all your eggs yeah, in one basket yeah. But then uh, the other boat capsized and killed uh, the, his, you know, the mother and I think some other the siblings. The older brother. Her brother. Yeah. Right, right. And then there's a part where Justin Chan asks the, the dad, like, do you ever regret doing that? And the dad says no. And I actually think that might be kind of what uh, Antonio does in the end. Where yeah, exactly. Where he does split. Yeah. I just yeah. realized that maybe you guys saw it before. Well, I, I, I actually, for a second, you know, towards the very end when he asks um, Alicia's character to Kathy, hand him yeah. the hand him the baby i was afraid that he was going to split up the family we like were that. yeah we were too <laughs> my wife and i and, watching. And, I, and i was like you you, you cannot handle a newborn i was afraid he was about to right, do this like run through yeah. just give me the baby and, you yeah. take yeah and that would have been all right uh, glad uh, it didn't happen <laughs> yeah uh, let's back up for a bit Let, let's go back okay so it, this is probably like toward almost towards the end of the movie when uh they're at that vietnamese cookout yeah there was this part where Antonio is like in the backyard. He sees this large like Vietnamese family and he kind of has something like a mini panic attack. John and I had two very different interpretations yeah, yeah. of the scene. I thought it was obvious <laughs> from okay. my perspective. I thought it was him um, kind of having a panic attack because he was thinking of the family he basically has in Korea that he'll never get to know. And like this is kind of what it would have looked like uh, just superficially at least, you know, a bunch of like Asians enjoying each other a big family and i thought it was him just being so saddened by okay. that john what was your interpretation My, of that scene? yeah I, I thought it was it, it was his um basically seeing in front of him what he would have to face if he got deported which is this is so foreign to me a group of people uh that look like me but i can't relate to at all and so he had to excuse himself yeah adam what was your interpretation um i think you guys can both be right I, I, and I, yeah, I think yeah, so too. But initially, I'm what you initially, was. I was leaning more towards what what John uh, oh, okay. had, seen, had, had seen. Oh, I see. Um, yeah, totally fair. Um, yeah, but um, I think. Yeah, but I, I and, and the reason why I think that is because later on, um, he's standing sort of and uh, with with Parker, and he said like this: "It feels like I'm in Asia." 
Now, of course, that could mean what you said too, Chris, where it's sort of like him imagining what it, his life would have been like. But um, I, I think it's more like an immediate context of like, oh, this is what it would be like when I'm in Asia after I'm deported. <laughs> um, right. But yeah. Uh, yeah, now that you met, you know, I, as an adoptee, we have sort of both, you know, sort of experiences. Right. One is one is. Yeah, actually, Adam, let me ask you, like, do you have an experience like that where it was like your first time being in an all Asian oh, yeah. setting? And how oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, in college, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, it, yeah, it, it I, I think it's probably common for every <laughs> it's happened to every adoptee. I, 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 do, do you remember? So kind did of you have more of the Chris reaction or the John reaction? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think. When I was young, it was probably more the John reaction. Um, but as I've gotten older, it's definitely more of the Chris reaction where it's like, you know, okay. I, I, I've gotten more introspective. Plus, I've had more experiences where, you know, I'm, I've gone to Korea, you know, I've, I've been there. So, it's not like new. Um, I, I, th- mm-hmm. I still think the sort of unknown that, that'll never be known, right? Because you can't go back in time uh, is you know, what, what would my life have been like? And I talked about that uh, in one of the podcasts because, you know, I went to Korea in 2019 with my wife and I had a lot of, I had a number of experiences like that where I just sort of was like, oh, you know, what, you know, this could have been me, you know, years ago, you know, like, so, um, yeah, yeah it, it, but that was one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie, that, that whole, that, that Vietnamese uh, family reunion picnic. <laughs> that he was thrust yeah. into, <laughs> and, and he eats uh, one of those like uh, the summer, summer rolls, rolls yeah. or whatever. Uh, for, and he like is horrible at rolling one. Yeah, <laughs> that was very nice. cute. I feel like that that's a little bit more of the classic. I don't want to say tropey, but more <laughs> more felt like a Asian American relatable scene. It was, mm-hmm. it was, yeah. but it was well done. You know. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. yeah. So one thing I really liked about this movie uh, was that there it's it doesn't have like simple like good guys and bad yeah. guys yeah because you see um even somebody who would be very easy to demonize the the ice guy what Merc. was his name again i forget his name Merck. yeah uh, i mean you see him and you're like okay this guy's probably just a total uh, douchebag uh you know he kind of looks like a neo-nazi yeah. <laughs> he probably is one he had a left. He had but he hats. actually is he yeah. is one of antonio's most loyal friends all the way to the yeah. end and I thought that was a nice touch because, you know, in reality, uh, as, you know, bad as an organization ICE may be, most people work for them, just do it because they don't have any other choice. You know, they're like, easier that or yeah. I don't know, like work part time, some minimum wage, like hell job. So I thought that uh, was very nice. Even the um, one of the cops, Ace, who is Kathy's ex-husband. Jesse's father. Who too. is... Just his yeah. father, and you know he's like not a good father. Was not a good husband, but even he, uh, you know, he, he, you know, you, you won't say that he's like a good guy, but he has, he's also not bad, and he has parts where he does um, show that he has a heart and everything. There's just that one uh, irredeemably bad cop, that, yeah, the fat yeah. guy, Denny, um, and I thought. When I talk about Justin Chan kind of leaning a bit too much into melodrama, like uh, towards the end, Antonio misses his uh, like court court date because Denny and his uh, friends decide to basically kidnap him and beat him and leave him for dead in the woods, and and then it leads to this like way over dramatic sequence where he 
drives his bike into the pond and then he imagines his mother he like remembers his mother uh trying to drown trying him trying to kill him yeah. but then she at the last second yeah. she can't do it and it becomes like very symbolic and I, I thought that was the worst part of the movie because it was, it was a little those too much those are the two worst parts of the movie to me uh, and, right, unne- right. and, and thought, unnecessary um yeah and yeah. I thought the movie would have been much stronger if he actually showed up for yeah. court and they just said no nah, too bad yeah right and it was show just because that's what actually yeah. happens to a lot of adoptees they don't get it's not like they would have stayed if not for the evil cop who beat them in the woods they get deported because the system's messed up and the, and the judges don't right. care and i thought that would be actually a much scarier and darker portrayal than this kind of this like evil redneck cop who who right. you know goes out and, and, and tries to kill you so i thought that was the, that was a change i would have made i would have had him just have to be deported because his he loses his case and uh cut out the whole like uh mystical like uh scene where he's like rescued by the ghost of his mom or something i i agree i agree with that uh, I, I and i think the whole sort of his you know birth his birth mother tried to drown him but she couldn't go through with it and i thought that was pretty weak um i, I didn't think that was necessary to sort of create drama for for i i, I don't know what um so i think that is one of those instances in which he's kind of resorting to these like asian american tropes i mean it reminds me of like uh you know the like that uh, in the joy luck club where the mother well the mother actually does drown her child but it it just is kind of like you know sad and very just traumatic uh asians you know with their you know what did what they call it um generational trauma right, that kind of right. that kind of shit you know so and you know yeah. the the mother like his korean mother like was wearing these very traditional clothes yeah, the hanbok, which yeah. she wouldn't be if he was you know adopted in 88 he was born in 85 like why is she wearing like this thing <laughs> um which which my wife pointed out i'm like yeah you're right that's kind of weird <laughs> um yeah. hey i'm not korean i didn't notice how weird it was yeah and, and she was like really in this like, like wooden wedding boat, days and you know um, it's like yeah. It's not eight. It's not like seventeen fifty. It's it's. <laughs> I guess yeah. it worked for the non-Korean because I actually enjoyed the scene where she pulls him out. Like, yeah. I, I, the, the one thing that I did like is the motif of him coming out as an adult of the water and her pulling him out at the same. No, that specific. Uh, just that one moment. That scene yeah. was well done, but like the right. whole thing yeah, was unnecessary. Sure, oh, it was beautifully sure. shot, think, and you know, yeah. I understood the symbolism. Um. And and maybe maybe that the symbolism of it um, sort of redeems it, but uh, I kind of feel like you didn't need to have that sort of dra- dramatic reason for why he was or backstory to why he was adopted. Like sort of like um, how the mundanity of the evil or the mundanity of like the injustice of him being deported. Uh, if he like had made it to court and just the judge had been like, you know, you broke the law. You know, or whatever they would do to dramatize it a bit, would have been more powerful. It's like just more powerful to to be like some kind of matter of fact about he was adopted because his his parents were poor. Period. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Like, and um, I I wonder though if he did that because he thought because you know this movie uh, has a responsibility to raise awareness and get people to care. Therefore. Um, I I need to really pull out people's heartstrings because it's not like this is some political project, sure. but it's not just 
like like some you know vanity project he well, probably wants yeah. to advance a greater cause as well but i think that yeah. like so many other elements are sort of really dramatic you know very emotional it's like just y- y- you can the fact that he you know he was adopted and he's going to be deported because his adoptive parents didn't file paperwork and then you know the the backstory about how he was his the original adoptive parents abandoned him he went through to multiple foster care and then when he ended up at another home he was beaten and then he had to like mm. leave home at what whatever age right probably like 18 or something is is that the rehoming issue that's yeah i mean they worked that in there but that yeah pretty much um but yeah so like I, I f- it, that's dramatic enough i kind of feel to be like oh my god if you if like if you're someone who's not related like sort of outside of the whole adoption thing and also maybe not even asian and like that doesn't pull at your heartstrings like you know, if you need like the extra turmoil of he almost was drowned as a baby, then it seems a little unnecessary. Yeah, I, I think I think I agree that they, if anything, I would have preferred that they lean more into the dynamic between him and his wife and his daughter. Uh, yeah. I think those are the strongest emotional elements. Like I was, I mean, this is details, but I was surprised that they didn't have a zoom in shot on the tattoo that she draws on him in the early scene. That's true. Cause it, it like the camera kind of like pans past it a couple times, but you know, especially when he's grabbing onto her at the end, I was like, I could have, I, I could have guessed, you know, how exactly how that scene would have panned out with camera shining right on that tattoo. And then they get broken up and didn't happen. I think it felt like the daughter comes more into focus towards the last bit of the movie. Um, when in fact she, that whole relationship could have carried all the the emotional weight that that a lot of the other as we as we're just you know describing as dramatic uh ended up doing yeah all right uh, let's go to the end where okay so antonio is being deported he's being led to uh you know to the airport by federal agents and stuff and at this point he's totally estranged from his family because they think he just didn't show just up for yeah. no good reason didn't show up for their court date after all right you know, they try to help him and everything but um in the end kathy uh decides to take jesse and go to him at the airport and then she's like i'm going with you uh he has really no idea where he's going uh, except it's like to korea and then they're going but then also ace is also chasing after them he's he also found out what his partner did and he like turns him in and uh presumably like some justice is done and then it looks like ace is going to stop kathy and jesse from going but he says uh i I just want to say goodbye to my daughter and that's when antonio realizes that kind of for the good of his family uh at least for now it's kind of unclear if this is supposed to be like a permanent goodbye or not um but antonio decides he can't uproot his wife and child and this is at least maybe for the foreseeable future goodbye for them and it's this like very heart-wrenching goodbye and then jesse has been kind of cold towards antonio for a while because she thinks he's uh betraying her by yeah leaving after all but then she's like you know daddy don't go yeah it was uh i mean you you could see it coming right you could see that she was gonna do something like that but it still got me man (laughs) still got me um but it, I, yeah, you know, I, I, I think it, I think that was well done, and it was sort, sort of true to, to a lot of different, uh, you know, to, to some the deport the, the stories of the deportees that I know. 
that I know of um, is that I think most of them don't go with their family if they have one. You know, they, some of them aren't married. Um, so I think some have gone with their with their families. Others have not. Um, it's you know, um, yeah, yeah. And I and I thought the ending was really well done. I would have toned down the music. I thought it was a little because it's already so sad. You don't have to crank up the volume to like 150 percent i think it, that's his style i mean that's just my preference i think it happened the, in gook too it did yeah and miss purple i think i think it relies on the soundtrack which i very much felt benefited the majority of the movie i, I agree the volume perhaps and kind of like drowning out a lot of the dialogue I mean, it wasn't the dialogue it was just the, like imagine like at a real airport that happening <laughs> Uh, I, th- I think it, <laughs> none it w- of it would be as dramatic if that was at yeah. a real airport. Well, I could see that happening, but yeah. it, it would it would be like as close as you would get without actually seeing it for yourself. Like, yeah. what would it be like to watch a family just complete split apart? And uh, you know, for all Antonio, this might be really the last time he sees yeah. his family. Yeah. Certainly, uh, maybe just as a little girl. Maybe the next time he sees her, she's like much older, and. To simulate that, you know, you cut out either you play very minimalist music or you just cut it out altogether. I think that would have been even more just powerful. But again, just my take. Yeah, I mean, I, we're nitpicking a lot, and I do want to remind <laughs> the listeners that we we really did enjoy this movie um, and think yeah. it's very good. Yeah, these uh, are getting into really big minor details. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're we're mm-hmm. nitpicking a lot. Um, you know, and and I think it's because I care so much that this movie. Um, is tr- is sort of true to as I've mentioned, um, you know, people that I've, I've had the privilege to get to know, and and uh, a very important real life issue um, that still affects you know tens of thousands of people, uh, and that um, you know, you know, thankfully not many adoptees have actually been deported, um, but there have been some, uh, and um, you know, some some have lost their lives. So, uh, you know, it's a very, so I, I care about the details, but in the, in, in general, this was a very good movie. And I, and, and I think that, you know, in the context of trying to get people to be more aware and, and care on some emotional level that this is happening, um, I think it'll succeed in that. Uh, so, you know, that's good, but we'll talk more about some of the, (laughs) some other issues, Aside from sort of the the film let's itself, do it now. yeah, yeah. Well, let's move on. I think I said, yeah, uh, I really enjoyed this film. Uh, I, like Adam, just you know, pretty much glued to every second. Um, and you know, I, I wasn't. It wasn't like okay, this is kind of dragging. Really gripped me towards the end. So yeah, l- okay. So, but there has been some controversy over this, um, mainly because so this is predominantly. It's not like one of these movies that's like based on a true story. It doesn't say that at any point, but uh, it is, I think, if it had to be based on any one real person, it'd probably be Adam Krapser, who was this high-profile uh, adoptee, deportee a few years ago. He like shares a somewhat similar backstory to Antonio in that they, uh, they were like adopted at, at similar ages. They had like similar problems with their foster parents or, or their adopted parents. They were married with their wife being pregnant at the time of their deportation, various details like that. Right. But I think the setting was changed. A lot of, a lot of other things were changed. Uh, but uh, Adam Krapser was upset because apparently Justin Chan had reached out to him 
before sometime like 2017 and then kind of dropped uh, like their communication stopped i think i think adam Krapser like replied to one of his messages but he never he never turned back uh got anything back i think a couple of years later uh i think somebody from the production team asked for his photo and his parents photo because they were trying to i don't know what they were trying to do maybe i'll use it for the credits right no, I, I think he said they, they wanted it for his likeness. So maybe they were trying to, ca- when they were trying to cast the parents, they wanted somebody to kind of look like the, him. Or maybe he was trying to look like what Adam might have looked like in terms of like his haircut and everything, which uh, Adam was very offended by. And then I think there's this kind of broader issue of it's kind of based on me, but you didn't really consult me. You didn't get my permission. Uh, some people complain Justin Chan himself is not an adoptee. And. Uh, I think those are the main complaints. So, I mean, Adam, what what were your thoughts on all that? Um, you know, I, you know, the the I was worried about the movie. You know, r- right when I learned that it was, or the first time it was announced that it was going to happen, uh, that or that Justin was thinking about it, and that this was probably, I don't know, four or five years ago, maybe, or maybe only like three years ago. So, um, I was worried about these things happening. Um, you know, Justin's not an adoptee. Um, you know, how, how much, how many adoptees are going to be consulted or involved? Um, you know, is something like this going to happen where, uh, Adam Krapser or other adoptees, uh, feel like they've been exploited or not given, you know, that elements of their own lives uh have been sort of stolen taken without their permission so um it, it you know it I, I don't like that you know it it upsets me that um that that happens uh and and that it seems to have happened and and uh you know, as I, as i mentioned and i don't know all the details because i'm not as uh dialed into the all of the some of the deeper networks around Adam Krapser. Uh, but I know that he's fairly controversial even within the adoptee community itself, uh, the Korean American. Uh, but for, for what reason? Um, so, you know, I've done a lot of work with the citizenship issue and one of the big, th- and one of the um, internal sort of disputes or sticking points is deportees, right? So, when we talk about the citizenship, the vast majority of the people who are uh, not who are who have been adopted to the United States from either Korea or, or sometimes just you know other countries, uh, you know non Asian countries, but don't have citizenship in in America, um, they they haven't been deported. You know they're still in the United States, and a lot of legislation tries to make a distinction between the people who are still here and okay they. Maybe we'll try to do something to keep them here and and then give them a path to citizenship or give them citizenship. But then they sort of either ignore or explicitly carve out the people who've already been deported and basically sort of shut the door. Kind of, you know, in the movie itself, the lawyer kind of alludes to that. It's like if you, uh, I mean, if you if you sort of fight and you're forced out and and actually deported, then yeah, you're you're sort of gone forever. Uh, with almost no way to get back. So, 
there is a lot of tension between like how much should we try to do something that like you know protects like nine you know a large percent of the adoptees who are in danger of being deported uh or do we wait for something that like includes uh considerations for the people who are actually deported have actually been deported and i think adam wait so are you saying that um like these bills are like protecting everyone except the ones who've been yeah already we're already deported. out of the so, country so the or controversy been deported, is right not the ones that so yeah so yeah so is the controversy kind of like do we hold out to save like one percent yeah uh and, and kind of sacrifice the 99 percent right. or you know okay. and i've i've heard through the grapevine that um and and and, and <laughs> maybe the his people will be angry at me now because i've i don't know i'm saying rumors but i've heard through the grapevine that he basically only wants to back things that you know that that benefit him or he needs to be the center of any sort of initiative um and he doesn't really work with anyone other than sort of his core group of people uh and so that doesn't you know that that rubs some people the wrong way uh and you know he's just one person uh and um so you know so he's not necessarily impartial actor, right? he's yeah. himself and even though you know yes he's probably he is definitely the most well known uh, adoptee that has been deported because of this issue and you know i do support him and and having him come back to the united states um, because I don't feel he should have been deported to begin with. Um, he's not necessarily like an innocent, you know, impartial act, you know, party in either. Because uh, I'm watching this movie and I mean, I, it, it, as I said, it doesn't say anything about based on a true story. Uh, names are totally different. And I think enough of the facts have been changed. But it's also like, okay, even if it were that, um, people could probably make an association. Yeah. And then if the movie like portrayed him badly, I could definitely understand him but the, the movie portrays him very sympathetically oh absolutely so yeah. i'm not like just just from a total outsider's point of view i'm just not quite sure what the real objection is besides i think an understandable feeling of th- this is very close to me because it's my life yeah, yeah. and i but he's also like not, not a aspiring filmmaker himself so again if you like we see this with like like the kidney story i don't know if you guys have kept up <laughs> I've with it, but if you social media yeah, yeah it's boring like if you're if you're a writer and then somebody else takes your life that's like that's your gold mine to to do your writing but you know uh, adam crapser is as far as i know is not an aspiring filmmaker so but i can also sympathize with him in the sense that yeah this is a very just like painful uh part like life story of yours and you kind of don't want somebody else uh maybe kind of writing off yeah, of that and that's, um, yeah so, and that's yeah. where i do support sort of that the the people are saying like look you can't just even if it's just elements um you know to start tr- to help you dramatize something that will then give you uh as a filmmaker or a writer um notoriety and 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 that's where you know i that <sighs> That's partly that it's a struggle for me because I do want to make sure that people are 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 aware of this happening. And I've tried, you know, Chris, John, you're both aware that like I've tried to do this through our own podcasts and magazine articles and and just talking about it to anyone who will listen. Uh, and um, you know, I'll 
I'll feel guilty because I'm not in that situation. You know, I, I'm fortunate enough to have citizenship. And sometimes I'll just sort of go about my life and, and not sort of, you know, sort of forget this issue. And then, but I, I, I have tried to do some work to make it uh, visible to people. Um, and so I, I'm conflicted that it takes someone who's not an adoptee, who's not affected by this, uh, to get it out there to a wide enough audience where it's sort of not just a niche documentary or, you know, small podcast. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I, I wish it, it, you know, I, I hope, I wish we were living in a, in a, in a media environment where it didn't take someone like Justin who does have a name to sort of do it and then to benefit from it financially. Um, but I, I, maybe that's just the reality of it, of what of, uh, uh, that it had to. Ha- it was the only way it could happen, but it still really doesn't make me feel good. Like I wish it could have d- happened differently. Yeah, I think a lot of the justification was in his in the fact that Justin had consulted like yeah. a good number and and and, and you know self describing it as through every step, pretty much every scene, which is which is good on paper, but if it's not clear. Um, visibly, I I don't know how that would be clear visibly. Maybe just just through press. Otherwise, um, well, y- I think it'll be visible in whether this movie is good or not. Right. Well, like, I that, uh, but I don't mean it good in the sense is it entertaining, but more like it. If do you watch this as an adoptee, uh, especially, and so are from you, an are adoptee you, perspective? Like, yeah. It, does does he get like some basic facts? egregiously wrong that right. either undermines your entire experience and, and stuff like that and i think if no then i think that is part of the success and that he consulted the right people and did his due diligence so he did it as you know in the end it's a, it's a work of art it's right. not right like it's a not political a, project right. it's not a uh, documentary documentary and uh if you can in this artistic expression convince most audiences even the most like critical people you know adoptees themselves that hey this is a pretty accurate respectful and um just has integrity as a creative piece then i think it's reflected in that yeah yeah i think there there's one i I must have read on next shark or something but there there was one additional piece of like adding to the controversy where in promotion for the film, there was like some sort of uh, oh yeah, I heard about contest that. to you know it, like it was like a, some a trip, like all yeah. expenses paid trip type of thing to New Orleans or something. Yeah, and, that, that's and, just weird. Right. Um, I think that's circumstantial with whatever studio distributed. Yeah, or, or, that, that's you know. probably some like marketing. Yeah. For, but that is weird. It's like why would you do that's like that's like uh, watching like Schindler's says oh you know go tour Poland or something. It's M- just, maybe it's they just saw so the movie poster which just yeah. looked like a, a romantic <laughs> film and and assumed that that was the idea behind it i yeah so i I think at a certain point it became more about like how you perceive it without watching it and 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 what negative sentiment you can derive from having not seen it yeah yeah i think it raises a, a very thorny question especially nowadays about if you if you are some kind of artist what can you express in in terms of whatever narrative you're creating i think increasingly people are adopting the stance where if you don't 
if you haven't personally experienced it yourself or if you don't belong to the right group, even if you can do it really well, you don't have the right or you or or whoever is in that group has like the right of first refusal. Like it is they get dibs on it first. And I I'm just very opposed to that idea because I think it, it limits the chances of something really great coming out. Because a lot of times um you don't actually need to to belong to whatever group they say you belong to. Uh, because as I said, these are not uh, doc, uh, documentaries or anything like that. A lot of it depends on just your artistic ability. So I, I'm I'm curious about UX. Because I, I think I, I brought up that like kidney story thing before, because it that also uh, it, it treads on similar territory, and we see it with the cultural appropriation thing, where they say, well, you know, unless you unless you're Asian yourself, you can't do this or that, or unless you're like black or or whatever. So yeah, what what are your guys' thoughts on this idea of these kind of like like intellectual propertyification of culture based on your identity? It's like a purity test almost. It's a tough one. I mean, um, you know, adoptee issues are sort of um, even a niche within a you know within a niche because you know Asian American culture is sort of a niche in America at least uh, and I think you know Asian adoptees even within you know is a is a small group within that um, and I don't even know I, I could say we have a recognized distinct culture though I do feel like we are a recognized distinct group um, you know I, I I think that people have the right to take whatever story they want and try to write something or, or to make a movie using those elements of those stories you know i think you know korean americans can take english culture and try to make a movie out of that if they want to um you know the the thing is is it good you know is it um is it done well um is it done with respect towards the source material and the people who are of that culture uh you know, I, I don't want to lo- like part of me does want to say, look, I don't want anyone telling an adoptee story, adoptee type story who isn't an adoptee, partly because I feel like it's just been done so poorly and it continues to be done so poorly in so many media, you know, in so much media. It's just done very poorly uh, and it's done disrespectfully because it's sort of just seen as like a dramatic sort of plot point. You can you can splice into a story to make it seem heavy and serious um i i don't get that feeling with this movie um maybe maybe he did you know reading about the controversy maybe he did do that maybe uh but you know i don't want to i don't want to get to that point i, I don't want to have a hard fast rule where it's like no un- unless you can pass some sort of test to, that you are asian enough or adopting enough you can't possibly you know, use any element of those things in, in what you create as an artist. I don't think that's a good thing either. You know, yeah, I, I think we're in the the current state of the world is that if you make something that you are not, I mean, if if you if you create a piece of media um, and you represent something that you are not entirely that, you have to be prepared for some level of critique. Of course, um, and and I think you know in this case he as a non-adoptee um 
probably had some anticipation of what controversy could come out of it. So hopefully he was prepared for it. I mean, likewise with, uh, I mean, like what Mulan, the live action remake. It was directed by a, a white woman, and it was universally panned. So I think now it's just a matter of like, hey, if you're not if you're not what you're telling the story about, be prepared for some amount of backlash. Um, it can be lessened or dampened by adequate consultation with the, the the people that you're trying to represent, right? I think I think if a a white man tried to tell a story of Asian people, right, like with adequate consultation and involvement, it could be successful. However, there would still be a vocal minority or group of people that would say, "Hey, you still, no matter what, don't represent us." I think that's the current state of the world, and I think that's okay. I don't I don't think that's yeah overtly uh, negative yeah, or positive and, and, in and, any way. Yeah, and and certainly there is some justification to the idea that like well especially if it's like white people taking um you know minority sort of cultures and and using that to like you know make a movie and make millions of dollars like that that sort of feels hinky because of the power discrepancy um but yeah i mean you just have to be prepared for it sorry chris go ahead uh, i was gonna say i think the, the i think the good like that the the reason we don't want outsiders uh you know talking about us or telling stories about us is because it's like if you're not one of us you're not as invested you're not if you do a crap job or whatever right. you, you're not really going to face the consequences yeah, so that's a good point that's the main and i think that's the that's a very legit fear that my Absolutely. issue is even if that person does a good job you still get pissed off i think that then uh, infringes on this kind of like jealousy slash you're like coveting your own whatever like cultural property and it's like in fact it might even make you matter that somebody did a good job like oh crap if they if somebody outside our group can do it better than us and what we won't get jobs you know and it becomes more about just like the self-interest masquerading as concern for the community uh so that's my objection to this overly uh just like these are protectionist walls that some people seem to want to put up but adam uh, going to your point about like lazy tropes about adoptions i I think that is a very legit uh fear just like resentment i think that a lot of dotties have in that okay so i I just watched that uh, movie malignant do you you know guys know that i've heard of it but i haven't i haven't seen seen it it's a horror movie right yeah so it's a very kind of like purposely uh crass and it's, it's like a throwback to these like it, old uh, james uh, wan italian is it, is it yeah, a, james wan movie. yeah james wan right mm-hmm. yeah so anyway um uh, yeah this is probably uh, probably nobody will care if i spoil this but yeah <laughs> uh, one of the twists is that uh, the main character is an adoptee oh yeah of and course. that kind of explain that explains her like <laughs> weird background i won't give away her being weird twist. yes uh, <laughs> but it, it, it's used as like a, a plot device to explain why you know her family didn't know about all this like weird shit that happened to her before right. and it's supposed to be again like this big a dramatic turning point where you know she reveals to her sister that i'm, I'm not actually i'm adopted dun, 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 you know that yeah, kind of thing the, dude the, and i you think have no <laughs> idea how much that pisses me off james wan like and it's just and, and, and an asian dude doing it too like that even I don't know for some reason that twists the knife even more. Um, yeah, well, like the the main character is not white. She, uh, I mean, is white. She's a white woman. Yeah, so, but like the direct. Uh, yeah, I so. don't know. It just, dude, that pisses me. Off. Like, and I, every fucking TV show, every like 
every movie, it seems there's some element of it in there. Like one of the characters is adopted or it's just thrown in as like, oh, they're trying to adopt and or, or some bullshit. You know what I mean? And it's like, it may, if you if someone were to like do a survey of American culture just based on like the frequency of adoption being in TV shows, they would think adoption is like incredibly common and everyone knows someone who's adopted. I'm like, that's not really the case. As many of as many like domestic adoptions as has happened in the United States, it's a, you know it's a very small percentage. So it's like yeah. you're. There are people who probably have never even known anyone who's adopted, or like there's like one in their whole town or something like that. So yeah. like, I mean, it just, Adam, you're probably like the second adoptee yeah. I ever met uh, when I met you. Yeah, it just it's, pisses it, yeah, me it's off, just like very, it, it's it's just it's like the in the toolbox of every like hack writer, every hack writer, uh, man. Like, yeah, and but I I think I think Justin Chong kind of caught this unfairly because he's not using this as some lazy like no. he is. De- dedicating a full-length feature film to it, really exploring um, the ins and outs. I mean, I can't remember the last time uh, there was like a whole movie I watched where it was dedicated to like the trials and tribulations of its adoptee protagonist. I, I mean, maybe yeah. I've seen one, but I can't really remember the last time. So I think he is catching. There's like displaced anger uh, on him for all like the the bad p- ways adoption is just exploited as a you know kind of like like rape is used by yeah. bad writers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just it's like the, yeah, this woman kinda, is damaged yeah. because yeah, she has to have been yeah, just yeah, yeah. And um, I think some of it's probably uncalled for or a lot of it. Um, I do think that it's probably true to some extent that he didn't uh, consult. Uh, Adam Crapser and other deported adoptees, even uh, maybe at all, even maybe he's only know, <laughs> learning about it from other adoptees that weren't deported, just know people, or or maybe are in danger of being deported but haven't actually been deported. Um, that's possible, you know. You never know. Um, it, it, a lot of this is he said, she said, because some of the Adam Crapser's friends and um, representatives uh, or associates say that he you know he was never consulted or that you know i think i read that adam said that uh made the accusation that justin didn't um consult any deported adoptees um maybe that's true who knows um and if that is true then it's that that is a big problem but um i don't think that i agree with you chris that i don't think justin's using this just to you know sort of as a tropey thing to, to insert into another movie um the whole movie is about it you know it, yeah. so it it's not like just one element of like maybe miss purple his last movie it it, it the whole movie is about this and um mm-hmm. yeah so I, I, i'm not as upset as you know it came out so well that i'm not as upset <laughs> as i i, I would have prepared to be mm-hmm. yeah Any, anything else we we uh want to talk about this movie um sorry john there, there was like Oh, go ahead. No, no, go. I was just, I was just interested in any other thoughts that John had. I, I feel like I've talked a lot. <laughs> no, no. I mean, <laughs> I was telling Chris before we even got together for this. I was like, if we do an episode and I'm on it with Adam, I'm gonna let Adam talk the entire. Oh, I time. appreciate <laughs> it, man. <laughs> um, no, I, I think for me, just just as a recap, like very much enjoyed this this film, and I felt like um, it is interesting because with with Shang Chi, which is like 
the last movie I saw in theaters. <laughs> uh, people would be like, what did you think? And I was like, yeah, you know, like, good. You know, it's a, it's a Marvel movie. Like, I had to play it up a little bit. Like, hey, I thought it was great. Like, definitely watch it. With this one, um, I also posted about it on my stories and, and people were like, hey, like, what is this? And I was like, oh, man, you like, I felt more strongly about its quality mm-hmm. um, and, and, and with how it would resonate with a more general audience. Um, so, you know, goes without saying that I, I very much enjoyed it. And uh, I also am a fan of uh, Justin Chan's, like, the way he shoots things. So, um, I think, yeah, for me, it was, it's more about hearing how uh, the perspective of somebody who can relate to it a lot more um, feels about everything, all, you know, all aspects considered. Um, so, that's what, <laughs> that's what I was here for. Cool. Thanks, man. Yeah, I don't know how authentic uh, Justin Chan's accent was, that kind of Cajun, I'm assuming it's some kind of Cajun accent, but I, I thought he pulled it off well in the sense that it wasn't distracting and, you know, you, you forget that he doesn't sound like that. Because, uh, you know, if That's someone true. has a weak accent and yeah. you have to listen to the whole movie. The whole yeah. thing was just so well acted. It, it, the acting and the, 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 the individuals, the actors, the directing carried a, a huge load for this this movie yeah i mean there's these like repeated just visual motifs you know like between those like two bridges at like sunset yeah yeah I mean, yeah just just you know, just beautifully shot and you know when they're like on that boat and it's just like sunset and it's just yeah it's visually especially i thought it was very well made and one thing i did want to mention before um uh, we finished because it was something that i sort of had to think about a bit and i had an initial reaction but i think it's changed a bit is that um throughout the movie um you know the in, in the interactions between um antonio and jesse his his stepdaughter um they talk about you know how they choose each other right and you right, know, he's right, saying yeah. i choose you and she chose she chooses him and and the reason why i didn't necessarily i didn't initially like uh like that uh, or the it, the use of the word chosen is that one of the sort of myths that's used uh, around international adoption or just adoption in general in in America uh, is that um, you know adoptees are chosen by their adoptive parents and and that somehow makes the relationship uh, especially special uh, more special mm-hmm. than if you were just born to uh, you know the 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 people who who uh, you know, biologically made you. And mm-hmm. so it's sort of, and, and through the years I've talked about sort of gratitude and, and, and how that sort of weaponized against adoptees. So when, you know, that was like a central part of the uh, dramatic um, sort and, and uh, the, the relational sort of part of the movie and the, that, that family um, part of the movie between Antonio and Jesse, and it, it. So I was like, "Oh man, it, this is so." I don't know. So it, it seems it's like a trope. It's you. It, it's it. So it somehow it, it kind of upset me a bit that it, mm. that was inserted. Um, and I see. But as you know, as the movie went along, you know, I I kind of I I was started I started becoming affected by it, and and I thought that. You know the way that he sort of brought it around, and I do think that even though I have some negative feelings about sort of how it's used or the or, or the the language 
or how it's used sort of in the context of adoption. I do think that for some adoptees and, 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 you know, if I, if I'm honest with myself, you know, uh, I've, you know, I, I, I'm looking for people to choose me in their lives, right? I'm using, I'm looking for people to, um, accept me, you know, for who I am and not to, you know, and it, and it, and this plays into the whole abandonment issues that a lot, a lot of adoptees have and, and I've struggled with. So it is true. And I think that it was turned and it was used in the movie more in that context of that sort of more personal. It was used in the movie in sort of a more of his internal, his emotional um, life than in sort of the political sense. So I did, I ended up liking it, but I didn't, I need, I needed to mention it just because I thought it was, you know, it's a big thing uh, yeah. for, it was a big thing for me. And I think for other adoptees who are listening, they might've, sort of had similar reaction to it as I did. And I totally get it if people sort of heard that as part of the movie and thought, oh, and, and sort of are, are still upset with it. Um, and it is something I feel like someone who's not an adoptee like Justin might have heard or like read about or other, you know, sort of that's what not adoptees sort of have an idea about it in their head. Um, so, right. you know, so that sort of betrayed the fact that he wasn't an adoptee. Um, but I ended up, you know, it ended up getting me because it, it was, you know, the writing and the acting was so good, but mm -hmm. I wanted to mention that. Uh, I think I said all I want to say. Yeah. Same here. All right. Close us out, Adam. All right. Well, um, thank you so much for um, listening to this episode of Unverified Accounts, um, where we talked about the movie Blue Bayou, uh, Justin Chan's latest. Um, which focuses on uh, an adoptee uh, named Antonio LeBlanc, who is in danger of being deported because he was never made a citizen. And this is actually a real-world issue. Um, there are tens of thousands of adoptees in America today who are in danger of being deported. Um, and um, thank you, Chris and John, for joining me in this discussion. And hopefully everyone enjoyed it. And, um, you know, look out for... Uh, more episodes in the future all right thanks adam thanks adam good, good night, night everyone good night bye